Well, I'm obviously very happy because the, the Seahawks still won and yeah. the narrative coming out of Denver is still kind of wild and the mm. Flannel Hackett's admitted that it was wrong and then it's like, well, why did they have that weird press conference where they were talking about and why did the kicker tweet out the 46 left hash thing? And that's all very strange, but whatever, not our problem. Uh, fun memes, fun reactions. Twitter was unbelievable, the, mm. the, the takes. But, uh, yeah. And it kind of seems like the, you know, the national narrative is switching up on the Seahawks a little bit as well, right? Like, turning on ESPN on Tuesday morning, tuning on, like, Pat McAfee show, you know, some of these bigger shows that cover the NFL, and we're hearing Geno praise. We're hearing, yeah, you know what? Maybe this team, they're they're building a little something special, right? Like you hear like Lewis Riddick and, and these guys coming out now and saying like, you know what? Maybe, I, you know, maybe the Seahawks got a little something going on here after, I don't know, we spent the last five months hearing that the Seahawks are going 0-17. They're going to get the first pick. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, whoever is going to be the Seahawks quarterback next year, whatever. Um, but you know, it's it's I think at the end of the day, though, I think it's great that that Gino is getting his due, that people are recognizing that. Um, you know, I've heard some really, you know, uh positive things from um, you know, just from shows that I've watched and radio and all that stuff, you know, actually giving Gino his due. That's awesome. You know, and and recognizing like, hey, you know, this guy hasn't hasn't really gotten a chance in a long time, and he kind of got screwed out of his last chance, and now he's you know he's he's back on the field and he's making it happen. And it's awesome. It's awesome. Good for good for Gino. You know, everyone's going with the quote too. That's awesome. So uh, you know, that's been a whole thing. So it's it's really cool to see like you know the Seahawks are uh, garnering some attention now, and and people are taking notice. People are taking notice of what we've been talking about for months, Maddie. They've they've taken notice to Gino. Everyone definitely, is getting irreversibly Gino pilled now. <laughs> definitely fun having the Seahawks be that kind of gritty, uh, spicy, action mm. green underdog where mm. it for a while, like, you know, with Russell Wilson, it was always, well, did they underperform that year? Did they did they miss the the, the boat? And we, you can talk about that more seriously, but now we don't have to sort of think about that. It's kind of like, well, Ray just beat the Broncos. That was fun, and no one expected them to. And you talk about the national narrative shifting. Well, actually, you know, you look at the NFL.com picks, and all but one of them mm. have picked the 49ers. They're a 9.5 um, yeah. underdog on the road in San Francisco. So, well, Santa Clara. And so all of it, all of that being said, like, yeah, I think, I think there is some warming up to the Seahawks, and I think I think people like that kind of Pete Carroll thing, and and you know the vibe around the team and Gino mm -hmm. proving people wrong. That that's quite a cool story, and I think people are willing to embrace that. Nonetheless, though, I, I do still think there's a, a bit of a sentiment against the Seahawks as a quality team, and, and well, mm -hmm. questioning their quality to even compete against the 49ers, who are, I mean. The the confidence in Trey Lance, and we'll we'll talk about this tomorrow when we preview that game. But the confidence in Trey Lance is uh, I have yet to see where that is really coming from. But perhaps I'll be proved wrong. But to see you know all but one of them pick the the Forty Niners, mm. and to see you know them be a nine point five. There was there was one prediction in there that said forty to 16 49ers. 
I, I don't think that we'll talk about this tomorrow. But I don't think Trey Lance has scored 40 points on this defense. <laughs> like that, that would have to be like something just absolutely terrible goes wrong. There's got to be like two pick sixes or like a fumble recovery touchdown or something crazy like that. Like there's no way. Sure. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so there's still obviously the disrespect on, in that regard, right? From the national side of things. Keep and, it coming. This and, team yeah. feels bad, man. I mean, dude, the, the Seahawks are at their absolute best when they're underdogs, like when no one, you know, believes in them. And, you know, it, it's been a while now since we've really seen a Seahawks team that truly has a chip on its shoulder where guys have, you know, truly have a chip on, his, on, on their shoulder. And, uh, you know, Shelby Harris, right? Like the interview that he did uh, after the game, like that was very like, you know, Seahawks in 2013 when no one really was paying attention yet. And, you know, they're, you know, they were playing great ball, but, you know, just no one was really giving them their due. Uh, that it just we're kind of back to that kind of style of Seahawk football under Pete Carroll, um, where these guys, you know, they, they truly, you know, they're out to prove people wrong. And, um, you know, so so yeah, keep down them. Let you know, and uh, hopefully they they shock the world again on on Sunday and and beat the 49ers. That would be a lot of fun, and it would help drive the the most juiciest narratives even further. After they drive the juiciest narratives for Denver, they drive even more juicy narratives for the 49ers. There will be so many calls for Jimmy Garoppolo if they beat Trey Lance. So many calls for Jimmy Garoppolo. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. Well. That is a weird situation. I mean, I understand that Jimmy G is thought of highly there as a locker room presence and a great guy. But, like, if you're Trey Lance, you'd be like, uh, can this guy go now? I don't want this lingering over me. It's like um, Manchester United. They, uh, they, they, their longtime great coach, Sir Alex Ferguson, he retired um, after many, many wins. But rather than, like, leave the club, he just moved upstairs and he's sort of lurking in the shadows and still is, right, to this day. But, like, particularly in the earlier, the sort of early transition from Ferguson, he was just sort of lingering there. And it's, it would just be uncomfortable to be, you know, a manager in that setting or, in this case, a quarterback when you're the old vet who all of the locker room obviously loves. Like, um, George Kittle, for instance, really vocal about him. I know Richard Sherman spoke highly of uh, Garoppolo in the past as well. That's, that's such a weird situation. Anyway, yeah. we will see how that all plays out. But yeah, Geno-wise, really still very exciting. And then defensive-wise, we have uh, an award winner already after week one. Like, what the heck? I, I mean, like, I thought Chen Nwosu had a really good game on, on Monday night. I didn't think that he had a defensive player of the week type of game at first glance, but so that was a little surprising when I saw that today. I, I still haven't watched the tape one ball, but like that, uh, <laughs> like he, 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 uh, I mean, well-deserved first of all, like that, um, like he was a big part of, you know, those goal line stands. Obviously he was able to get into the backfield. Some got the first sack on Russ. Like he had a big night. So that's awesome. You know, and uh, uh, <laughs> to kick off the year with, you know, the, the whole like issue, you know, for a while for folks with personnel wise from the defense is like, they don't have an edge rusher. They don't have a lead dog. Mm. Well, they week one, they opened up the season with the defensive player of the week being an edge rusher, the edge rusher that they added this offseason. It seems like, I mean, obviously it's week one, but let's overreact a little bit anyway, because everyone's going to do it. 
Yeah. Kind of I seems mean, like they it kind of seems like they got a little bit of a steal there in, in Chenna. If like they're like if this is any indication of what's to come from Chenna Nuosu, like that's like for ten million dollars a year for the next right, few years. He signed that kind of mid mid tier deal and it's like mm, mm-hmm. like he knows the system, he 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 sort of knows the scheme, but you know, opposite Daryl Taylor of thinking this is by no means a guaranteed thing. And the, the sack production is not obviously going to be crazy high, you, you'd think, right? And to have, again, tape podcast will be tomorrow where we'll, we'll dive into all the tape stuff. But production-wise, mm. to have one sack, you know, three pressures, um, one tackle for loss per approachable reference, that's, that's spicy. I do think the award is sort of speaks to how many people watched Monday Night Football um, and the kind of national exposure. That doesn't hurt, right? But he was big on that goal line stand as well. We should mention that he he stood up um, uh, the running back, I think, mm-hmm. and he, he was he just brought a level of activity that actually kind of outshone Dow Taylor. And now Taylor was getting held like every other snap, and I think because he's lining up on the left, I think they were really kind of mush rushing him a bit more often. Again, mm-hmm. tape podcast tomorrow, but mm-hmm. Nwosu. Awesome, absolutely awesome, and good on him. Although even in his press conference, he he did seem a bit uh, <laughs> like slightly surprised. But anyway, mm-hmm. good for him. They all count. 